We're going to go ahead and go to Mark chapter 10. Not quite yet. Don't pull it up. Let me give us context. Let me give us context. Thank you. Um, so Christ is, is doing his ministry. He's on the road with his, his team of disciples, and they're healing people, and, and they're changing the world. And, I mean, God is just using them in a very profound way. And so a young man, the Bible says that this is a rich man. A young rich man approaches Christ as he's on the road, and he says, um, he says how can I inherit eternal life? How can I inherit eternal life? Anyone want to go to heaven when you pass away? All right, about 50% of us, cool. Um, man, what am I in this business for? It's not a business, it's a ministry. I must be doing terrible. Anyone want to go to heaven when you pass away? All right, cool, cool, cool. So he was interested in knowing how to get there, and, um, and, and Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. You know, thou shalt not lie and, you know, honor your mother and your father. Thou shalt not steal and do all these different things. And so the young man said, well, I, I do all that. I got all that covered. And so Jesus, the Bible says, looked at him with love because he knew that there was still a God in his life that he was worshiping that was not God. So there was a different God that he was, he was idolizing. And we're going to pick it up right here in verse 21, Mark chapter 10. Here it is. It says this here. Jesus said, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. And he said this. There's still one thing you haven't done. He said, I, I need to really love on this young man. You know, he said, I, and in order to, to, to love on him correctly, I have to be honest with him. Um, I'm seeing something in his life that's really keeping him from God, keeping him from God's best. And I have to be honest with him about what's going on. Uh, you know, Jesus had x-ray vision way before Superman had it. And so he, he sees our hearts. And it says this here. Go and sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. So Jesus is saying here, I want you to relinquish the trust you have in your resource, and then follow me, who is the source. So I want you to stop trusting your resource. Stop trusting your money. Stop trusting your connections. Stop trusting your education. Stop trusting how you look. Stop trusting. Don't trust. That stuff is good. He's not against that stuff. But stop devoting your life to it. You know, stop trusting your, your, you know, honestly, don't idolize your pastor. Don't idolize your church. Don't, don't, Don't do that. Stop putting your trust in people. He says, give it away and give it to the poor and come follow me. So following Jesus was a call to actually let go of everything. And as disciples would follow Christ, they would come to find out that he provides everything they need. And so he was saying, stop, don't trust in that stuff. And he said this here at verse 22, at this man, uh, at this, the man's face fell. So he was dejected. He went away sad for he had many. Someone say many. Many possessions, and so do you. So do you. Because in my Bible, the, the subtitle or, or the subtitle, it says here, the rich man in the NLT. Yeah. And so when we think of the word rich, we, all, we often think about, you know, the celebrities that we follow on social media or uh, the actors that we see on TV or certain politicians. Um, we often think about the people that live in Potomac. We often think about those people, but... 
Actually, statistics show that if you have a, a carton of milk in your fridge and nothing else, if, if your clothes uh, ha- have a home that's called a closet, and if your, your socks have somewhere to go, if your car has a home that's called a garage, if you have clothes on your back, if, you have, if you're going to go get lunch after church today, whether you're paying or someone else is paying, statistics show that you're in the top 22% of the most wealthiest people in the world. And so really, Jesus is talking to at least 80 to 90% of us in this room. He's not just talking to millionaires. He's saying that this man had many possessions. And then he goes on to say this in verse 23. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? And oftentimes, super religious people take that specific text from Jesus and they use it to condemn rich people. God has no problem with you being rich. The issue is when we worship and we fully put our dependence into into our riches. The issue is is that when you go to get a degree, what you see at the end of that degree is a salary versus pressing the brakes and asking the Lord, what is my passion? What was I created for? What have you called me to so that you can truly find joy in your purpose? And so God has no problem with rich people. He's just saying that they idolize their money. Their God is their money. And he's saying this here. This amazed them. But Jesus said again, dear children, it is very hard. I'm just telling you to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for this is crazy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. I'm trying to picture that. It's almost, it's impossible, essentially. It says this here, the disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved? Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. So fulfilling the law and and doing all these good things and and trying to get a good, good foot up on God and good behavior and holding a door for an old lady or old man or volunteering and doing all these good things don't get you into heaven, is what he's saying. Your offering today won't get you into heaven. I probably shouldn't be saying that, but I got to do my job first. (laughs) It ain't going to get you there. You know, that that stuff is not going to get you there. He says, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible. But with God, everything is possible. Verse 28, then Peter began to speak up. Peter always did something. Y'all remember Peter last week, cutting off ears. Then Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you. I I love that song out of our house. We we say yes. Like, Like really just next time we sing that song, ask yourself when you come into church, like, do I mean this? Or am I just, you know, it's cute lyrics on the board. We say, yes, your way is better. Do we really mean that? Do, do, we, do we really fully trust him, you know, because his way is better? And, and he's about to explain that to Peter right now. Peter says, we've given up everything. And Jesus said, I'm going to go ahead and add on to that. Verse 29, yes, you have. And I assure you that everyone who has given up, here it is, 
This is the promise that we stepped out on to, to start this church. This is it right here. You can test God at this. You know, the Bible says that there's only one area where you can test God, and it's in the area of your finances. So he's telling this man, give it to me. Give it. He's prompting him. He's, he's setting a proposal. Don't allow the money to drive you. Don't allow it to worry you. Don't allow it to stress you. Matter of fact, give it all up and just trust me. Don't allow the status to be a temptation. Don't allow the popularity. Don't allow what you don't or do have to be the thing that drives your heart. Just as a matter of fact, give it all to me. Trust me. Follow me. And he says this here, I assure you. Listen, Jesus cannot lie. He says, I assure you that everyone who has given up house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or property for me, and for the work of the good news, he says this here. Here's the promise. We'll receive now. Someone say now. Woo. That's powerful. Because a lot of people think, man, if I trust God, I'm going to be boring. I'm going to lose everything. No one's ever going to like me. And life is going to suck. God, I'll see you when I'm 55. Y'all, y'all ain't showing me no love in here. Y'all all said it. I said it. I said it when I was 11, raised in the church. I go to church, I do it all. I sing, I do all this. Went through all the religious stuff. And I remember, I was like 15 years old. I told the Lord, I said, God, Jesus, you know I love you. You used to call Jesus my dog, my homie. He is not your homie. He is your God. He created you. And, and, And so I used to tell him, Lord, you know, when I'm like 45, I'll serve you. Y'all laughing because our plan often doesn't match up with the plan of God. And, and, and he said, no, not when you get to heaven. He said, now. Someone say now. In return, a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property. Right now, he's talking about influence. You, you know what we're trying to get wisdom for influence from right now? Influencers. Isn't that weird? I want to influence the culture like you influence the culture. So how, how do I get this many followers? How do I get this many likes? How do I get in good with this person, this organization? We're going through all these, you know, these holes and all these loops and all this trouble to try to figure out how to gain influence and significance and, and, and happiness. And, and it's, give your life to me. Trust me. Say yes to me. Me. Jesus. It's just Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other way. Jesus. How do I get famous? Jesus. How do I be effective? Jesus. How do I get set free? Jesus. How do I have joy? Jesus. How do I get peace? Jesus. How do I find purpose? Jesus. Jesus. There's no other way. In this life. Not when you get to heaven. I heard a preacher once say, um, 
He said, if the devil can't keep you from Jesus, his next plan is to make you a miserable Christian. It's like, well, I just gave my life to Jesus, but I got to wait all on the good stuff until heaven. And that's how we, we walk, like we sipping on lemons all day, sucking. Oh, like following Jesus is a big old bowl of just lemons. I'm, no, it's not the God you serve. He created the world. He breathed breath into you. He healed your body. He woke you up this morning. He's the God of miracles. He can do the impossible. There's nothing that can stop the Lord Jesus Christ. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. That's it. That's it. It's Jesus. Jesus. I love y'all to go home and listen to this song by Lecrae. Jesus, 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 Jesus to all of my haters in the wonder. I forget what it's called, but man, that thing just fired me up. When he get to that Jesus part, Jesus, Jesus, I'm like, turn this up. It's Jesus. Turn this up again. For all of my haters and the ones that think I forgot them. Jesus, oh my God. Someone help me remember that song. It's Jesus. It ain't Buddha. It ain't Muhammad. They all dead. It ain't Abraham. It ain't Buddha. It ain't Muhammad. It ain't New Age. It's Jesus. They all dead. Oh, where am I at? What's the first point? We're about to give this offering, man. Y'all ready to, get, to bring the offering? Come on, put your hands together. We get excited about giving. It's Jesus. It's, it's still Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It's Jesus yesterday. It's Jesus today. It's Jesus tomorrow. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. The devil like, oh, don't say that name anymore. It's Jesus. Three things you're saying yet. No, let me finish reading this verse. You'll receive now and in return along with persecution. So it's also going to be some challenges. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. All right. There are three things you're saying yes to today as you prepare to bring your offering. Number one, you're saying yes to growth. You're saying yes to growth. We, we all want things to grow in our lives. We want our children to grow. We want our health to grow. We, I think the most important thing that you ought to desire growth in is your faith in God. Okay, go ahead and write this down. Faith is, and we know Hebrews 11 gives you a definition, but here it is. Faith is this. I'm going to give you another definition. Faith is the capacity to believe that God can do the impossible in your life. Faith is the capacity to believe that God can do the impossible in your life. I want to give you real quick five ways to grow in your faith. Real quick. I'm going to zip through these. Number one is prayer. It's Jesus. I'm stuck on that. It's in my soul right now. We got to get an old school consecration when we get home. Well, you just stop and you pray and you call out his name. It's Jesus. Freedom is in Jesus. It's been a hard year, but it's still Jesus. It's still Jesus. 
is still Jesus. Number two is scripture. You need scripture. You need the word of God in your heart. You need the word of God in your heart. I heard, I heard a preacher say recently, he said that there's something that he was very concerned about with America. And this is why we're going to do a series next year called Pure Product. Um, he said that 10, 20, 30 years ago, we could come into a church and preach from the word of God as if it was the only authority in man's life. He said where we are now is that this book has become just like any quote on Instagram that just kind of gives us good feelings. And so he said, now as preachers, we have to get back to a place where we're teaching people the source of the Bible, how it all came together. And now we have to prove that this is the only book that God, the creator, ever wrote. The Bible says it's good for your life. It's alive. It's good for your. This is where your breakthrough is. This is where your joy is. This is where your wealth is. This is where your purpose is. This is where your calling is. So you're gonna, if you're going to grow in your faith, I think right now my, my oldest son, I'm having him read Mark every day, and he's just reading a, a subsection a day. And I tell him, so some days it may be four verses, some days it may be 12, but I, I ask him, I say, what did you read? What did you learn? And how are you going to apply it to your life? And just beginning to see God work in his heart just begin to see God begin to see God number three the third thing is community you need community if you're going to grow in your faith I encourage you to get into a light group don't do it alone number four is serving serving is so important serving is the application of your faith serving is the application of your faith note takers are history makers and the fifth one the fifth one, this was the secret sauce. About four to five years into my salvation, I'm like, why, why, didn't, I, why didn't I know this four or five years ago? I would have started to do this. And um, I don't think pastors or churches teach on this a lot. I think they're afraid. We're not afraid here. But the fifth one, this is, this is the secret sauce, is generosity. Go ahead and write that down, generosity. It's the fifth way to grow in your faith. Generosity means to give above and beyond what is necessary. To give above and beyond what is necessary. And uh, so when me and Pastor Kyra got married, she challenged me because I, I was tithing very sporadically um, seven years into my walk with Christ. But when we got married, she said, okay, we're going we're gonna to be a family that tithes every time we get paid. So the, the tithe is the first tenth. The Bible teaches, the word of God teaches. God says, bring me the tithe. And so how do you bring God the tithe? You bring him the tithe through your local church. So it's the first tenth of your income, and the Bible says it belongs to the Lord. It is holy to God. And all of it belongs to God, but he only asked for a tenth. And so I said, okay, I'm going to up the ante. So a year after we got married, I said, we can't stay in the tithe zone. That's elementary. That's basic. If you, if you want to grow, you don't want to stay on the foundation, on the bottom floor. You want to get started, but the reason you create a foundation is so that you can build something. I said, we can't stay at the foundation rudimentary level. We got to grow. And so I said, this is what we're going to do as a family. We are going to increase our, offer, our, our giving 1% every year that we're married. She looked at me. She said, okay. It has since slowed down, Isaac. 
to a half percent. <laughs> Got a little too up, you know. So right now, we are around 14 to 15%, okay? We dream of a day where we can live on, this is not in the scripture. You don't have to do this. This is not to get into heaven. It's Christ and Christ alone, your salvation. This is something we want to do, spark through me. I don't know if my wife is fully on board. I think she is now. I would love for us to live reverse tithe, meaning I want to give 90% away and live on 10 because I want to hold God to his word. Heaven is already, I'm, I'm going to heaven. I want, now I want to have some fun. I, I don't have the lemons, Lord. It, walking with Jesus is the best thing ever. Now I want to have some fun. I want to, <laughs> I want to see what you're capable of. And so um, we, we, we're, we're doing that. We're on that route. It may take us into our 70s or our 60s, but we're on that route. The Bible says in Proverbs eleven twenty four, the message, the world of the generous get larger and larger. The world of the stingy get smaller and smaller. I've come to find out something. You might want to write this down. This is so important. This is not just for finances. This is in every area of your life. Is that in order, here it is, in order to go to the next level of anything in your life, you have to be willing to give up something greater at the current level that you're at. Be it time, be it concentration, be it focus, be it forgiveness, whatever, whatever you have to do, whatever you got to give up, give it up so that you can get to the next level. So when I say today we're bringing an offering, what I'm saying is we're bringing above and beyond the tithe. Now, it is my hope and my prayer that you would begin tithing. It does not have to be at Highlight Church, but that you would find a local church that you love, that God is moving in, that you trust, because I understand you have to trust leadership as well, and that you would start tithing. It has been my hope and prayer that if you make a touchdown stop here in Maryland and you call Highlight Church home for two years and God uproots you and takes you to another state or another country and you get in a church, it is my hope and prayer that we're raising up generous people and we're raising up servants and we're raising up leaders so that you can leave here and impact the world where God is calling you. But in order to get to the next level in anything, God will oftentimes call us to bring our resource because he understands if I can get them to bring their resource, getting them to spend a little extra time doing this or being nice doing this or praying for this person or serving this person, that's easy because I already got to the root of it. And that's what Jesus is saying to this man is if you give me what you're trusting in, you will you'll turn the world upside down. And so number two is you're saying yes to impact. You're saying yes to impact. You're saying yes to impact. The word impact simply means to positively affect someone's life. Give it all up. Follow me. Make impact. If you want to be fulfilled, make an impact. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Let me do a quick test. Do you want your world to get larger and larger? About 60% of the people. Okay. I'll talk to you. I'm going to try you again. Let's get 100% on this. Do you want your world to get larger and larger? Gotcha. 
Jesus is loving this man so much that he's saying, I need you to give away what's keeping you small. Follow me into a giving lifestyle so that your world can be larger and larger. You want to go to heaven, I need you to give up what you're holding on to at this current level so that I can make your world and your life larger and larger. That's what he's saying. So my kids, team members, you're saying yes to impact every Sunday. That you clean those rooms and you love on those children and you teach them the gospel and you pray over them and you cover them and you minister to their parents. My kids, see, my first impressions, people, when it's 20 degrees outside and it's raining and it's cold and you're getting those children and those families into the house of God, you're making an impact. My worship team, when you're up here and you're giving it all your heart and all your might and you're leading us into the presence of God, you're saying yes to impact. My ushers, when you're seating people, even though they don't want to sit there, they want to sit over here, you're saying yes to impact. When you're serving with FSI and with our partners, you're saying yes to impact. There are two things I want us to be aware of when we come to the end of our life. I'll, I'll preach this message in the future, probably next year. Uh, I'll give you a quick summary. There's going to be a two-question test when it comes to eternity. And make no mistake about it, I was watching um, By Faith yesterday. I forget the message, but I'm like, okay, I, I got to bring this back up. It was our series we did a few months ago. There are two questions that you're going to be asked when you stand before God. The Bible says, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be discouraging here, but the Bible says it is appointed once for every man to die, then to face the judgment. And so this young man is asking about eternal life, and Jesus is just being real with him. He's like, we're all going to die one day. There are going to be two questions framed in some kind of way like this. Number one, the question is going to be, number one, what did you do with my son? What did you do with my son? That's what God is going, going to ask. And hopefully our answer is, I said yes to him. I trusted in him. Yeah. I gave him my life. That's called, that, that question is, is framed around what it's called. Go ahead and write this down. The great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment. Right, even right now, watching this series on Selena. See, I done struck a chord with some of y'all. I'm like, yeah, hey, hey, hey. Anyway, sorry. That girl used to be riding, boy, hey. Y'all know I don't know what I'm talking about. All I know is bitty dee dee bum bum. Just makes you a little upset, man, you know. And it's like, Lord, you're still working forgiveness in my heart. I saw someone comment on her um, on her killer. Someone commented. They said, uh, "Just just let her out. We'll take real good care of her." Hey, like, y'all really love Selena. I, I brought her up to say this. To say, twenty three years old, and um, you, you you just never know when your number's called. And it's not that her number was called. Her life was taken. 
But nevertheless, to, to be absent from the body, the Bible says, Paul says, we talked about Paul last week, love Paul, is to be present with the Lord. So as soon as, as, soon as you give up the ghost, you're in, and you're, you're, face, you're facing the judgment. And you, you're going to want to make sure that you're covered by the blood of Jesus. So that when you stand before God, he doesn't see our sin, but he sees the blood of his son. And, 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 and the angels open the gates and let us on in. Now, I believe that's where she is, but you, don't, you never know when your number's called. So that's going to be the first question. What did you do with my son? The second one is going to be this. What did you do with what I gave you? And that's what Christ is working on right now in this young man's heart. He says, you've done the law. You're a good guy. But he said, now give me what I've given you for the poor and rely on me for everything. Don't give me the tithe. Don't even give me an offering. Give me your life. What did you do with what I gave you? Paul talks about, Paul, love Paul, 2 Corinthians, I think around chapter 5. He says that, for we will all, here it is, appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So if, if, if you are before the judgment seat of Christ, you celebrate. You are in heaven. You're, you're there. You made it. But now this is a judgment of works. Paul says that we're going to be judged by everything we've done in the body, yeah. in this body. So every bit of attitude that we threw, God's going to be like, ugh. <laughs> Uh, every, every Jesus said every idle word will be judged. So watch your comments on social media. Well, I typed it, passed it. Well, it still came from yard. <laughs> I typed it. Don't talk to me. Talk to him. Um, every time you do something good for someone, it's going to be good. And so this is what's going to happen in heaven. There's going to be a furnace before you. And Paul says we've laid the foundation of Jesus Christ. If anyone is going to build on it, build on it by faith. There's going to be a furnace before you. You're in heaven. It's cool. Them $200 Jordans, when you were 19, it's going to put it on in the furnace. You ain't going to see them come out. My white Steve Mattins that I love so much, when you were 32 and you bought those, like, no, Jesus. not going to come out but as we waited with bated breath my wife and I to discover what city are you calling us to to start your church and advance the only kingdom that matters when we said yes to that call it's going to go through the furnace and the Bible says that it's going to come out as gold. When you served with FSI and these teenage mothers, and you loved on them, you maybe didn't even share the name of Jesus, but they knew you were a part of a church. And God says you served. It's going to come out as 
silver. When you gave that offering, even though you didn't have it, but you trusted God, it's going to come out as gold. This is the judgment seat of Christ where you receive rewards for everything that you did in this life. And the Bible says that he's going to put all those things together and hand them back to you in heaven. And whenever you spend some time or you give an offering or you serve in the local church, you're making an eternal impact that you cannot see with your physical eyes. And that's what the Lord was calling this young man to, was a life of faith that was going to be coated with service. And he had to trust that by faith. So as a church, in four years, we get ready to celebrate this, you have served 1,422 hours, boots on the ground, in this county, in this city. You've given over $125,000 in this city. Wow. I can't wait to the day where we're cutting checks with these organizations. 50 grand just in one time. Eternal impact. And it says this here, even you've even taken care of the church. Galatians 6, 10 says this, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Just want to let you know, church, you have helped to pay rent in this church. You have helped people avoid eviction. You have bought groceries. You have fixed cars. You have provided counseling for struggling marriages or addicts within this church from people that are struggling with certain things. When you give, you're seeing to it that your fellow brother and sister in Christ is receiving the help and the freedom that they need. And you may not see it, but it's happening. And heaven is happy. And heaven is proud. And God is smiling down. It says this here in Matthew 5. I know it's good, Pastor Child. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise. Someone say praise. Praise. Your heavenly father. I want to let you know something. And it's this, is that your generosity is the answer to someone else's prayer. You may think it's insignificant. You may think it's a little bit. It is, it is the answer to someone's prayer. Your generosity is the light to someone's darkness. Your generosity is the healing for someone's pain. So you, you, may, not, you may not see where it's going, but it's, it's going. It's going. I remember when we, uh, and I'll let, I'll let us take the offering after this. I remember when we were preparing to move to start the church and we, um, we were giving our offering. We were putting our offering in the account. And we, we were not in the area, so all we could do was promote the church on Facebook. You know how you promote videos on social media in the area. And so we would get some likes. Oh, that was a nice video, nice post. We can't wait till you start the church. And we would just record those names. We didn't know if they were going to come to the church once we moved or what. We just recorded those names, 
put them on a sticky note on a whiteboard, and we prayed over those names. I still don't know if any of those people have come to highlight. But this was before we moved, and we were given our offering, and the team was meeting. We, we, didn't, we didn't know. We, there was no such thing as an activity center, Boar Park, across the street. We didn't know. There was no such thing as a Shady Grove Middle School. We, didn't, we were in Florida. We didn't, we didn't know. There's a million middle schools in the world. We didn't know. There was no such thing as a Granary Row. Building, permanent location. We didn't know. But we moved. And we went from nine to 24 superheroes to launch the church. And we start hearing some sounds about how Yes, we have people to launch the church, but these two superheroes want to give their lives to Jesus. It's like, okay, it's awesome. Then we started the church and went on and, hey, pastor, this marriage is having issues. They're talking about divorce. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, let's bring them closer. Let's minister to them. And that marriage is healed. Oh, this this person is battling with this addiction. No, 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 no. Let's bring them in closer. We didn't know any of those people. We were just trusting God, giving it away. Josh, I need you and your team to leave your mom. Leave your dad. Leave your opportunities because I'm calling you to a place where people need to hear the gospel and their souls are hanging in the balance. Leave them. Well, Lord, it's 37% more expensive to live in Maryland than it is in Florida. I know. God, we got to find jobs. I know. God, we need a place to live. How about this, guys? Y'all don't know her. She's a phenomenal woman. I'm going to give you a real estate agent whose name is Ellie. And she is of Jewish descent. Y'all don't read y'all's Bibles. (laughs) Y'all remember the book of Joshua? When they're going in and they got to spy out the land. And there's this woman named Rahab. Who, who the Bible says was a prostitute. But she's actually one of Jesus Christ's great, 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 great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, our, our story is just, it, the hand of God is, oh, it's on the church. So, 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 no, 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 wait, 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 I'm going somewhere. We didn't know. We were just giving it all up for eternal impact. I want you to understand the great severity, the great severity of what you're doing today. You may not ever meet these people. You may not ever see them. But whatever God has put on your heart to give today, just know that it's touching somebody for eternity. And I'm going to end it there. Let's prepare to give our offering. Y'all ready? Come on, let's put our hands together. Praise the Lord. Just know, just know, just know.
All right. I want to call my family up. Come on up, guys. Come on up. Y'all say hello to Judah. Say hey, Judah. He's shy like daddy. Okay. <laughs> Love it. All right. Come on over here, baby. Don't hide. Come on here with daddy. <laughs> All right, cool. We're going to go ahead and prepare. So I'll engage online, but I'll engage us also at the same time. If you're going to give your offering online, I want to encourage you to go to, um, to, to highlight.church slash invest. And uh, you can give your offering there. You can choose the amount. You can choose the frequency. I want to encourage you in this season, if you have not tithed or if you're not consistently tithing, to commit to that as you head into 2021. It's, it's the ground level. Yeah, but God puts that, that instruction in his word so that we would be blessed. So trust God. It could be your, your first step. So maybe you're not bringing an offering, but you're going to commit to tithing. And you can also text your amount to 84321, any amount, whatever your offering is. And while you're home, if there's a word, maybe you have a piece of paper or your phone, I want you to write your word down, what you're believing God for in 2021. For 2020, our year, our word as a family was more. And so as a family for 2021, our phrase, it's not a word, our phrase is, is that we're moving forward. We're moving forward into big things. We're moving forward into big things. Now, for everyone who is here, I want you to go ahead and take your envelope. Take your envelope. And go ahead and fill out that basic information there. Your name, your email, your phone number. Go ahead and check off your box and put your offering amount. God is pleased with that. Like I said, I want to encourage you as well to commit to tithing if you have not already in 2021. And uh, we've also provided a I'm believing for. What are you believing for in 2021? We want to come alongside you as a church and pray. We want to agree with you on that. And so, um, yeah, just prepare those offerings. Baby, do you have something you'd like to share? Thank you. Um, even if you've given online, we still want you guys to actually fill out um, an envelope and take your time to come up and pray. Um, if you're with your spouse, please come up together. Take some time to pray. Um, this is a holy moment, a sacred moment. We're going before the Lord together collectively as a church family by faith. And so, um, yeah, just take those times. So even if it's online, um, you know, you can do online and still take that time to come up to the front to be able to give. But um, we had a conversation with Jay at the table yesterday, and Judah joined us as a family. And we just asked Jay, like, Jay, what, what are you planning to give? Um, he just got some birthday monies, and, and I think it was almost 300 right? I think, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he said, you know, Mom, at first I was going to give, what? $24, which was going to be about 12%, I think. And then you said that you saw the Lord flash before you, right before you were going to sleep, and the amount was... 160. Yeah. So not, you know, I'm not saying the amount just to like, oh, but it's, it moved us to tears at the table. And we're like, that's like 50%. You know, you don't have to do that. You can, you know, 23 is fine. And he's like, mom, 
it's good. This is what I want to give. This is what the Lord has placed in my heart. And again, we give at the level of our joy. So it's it's right, you know, when your joy is met, then that's the level. If you're going over it and it's like, oh, I don't know, and you're upset, don't. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. And so um, it was just such a good conversation as a family. And then Judah chimed in and said, I want to give something. I don't ever get any money. <laughs> and then um, so we, we were given to Judah's giving. But, you know, it's a family affair. And so I would even encourage you to have your conversations with your kiddos for those of us that have kids. Um, and the end of the year, um, our yes offering will go to the end of the year. Because I know sometimes we need to move some things around. You know, we've gotten calls like, you know, our 401k, we kind to have to wait for the funds. Totally understand. It's to the end of the year. Um, but still take that time to come up to pray. Um, you can bring a friend, you know, if you're single, come together. Um, but we just want you to take this time to be able to just come before the Lord. Yeah, that's great. Hey, let's go ahead and pray. And, and you, you, you know, we're not going to do rows or anything. You just come up whenever you're ready. And um, you have this box over here. Oh, yeah. You can do this box here, this offering box here, and then for your word, we want you to go ahead and clip this outside in the lobby on your way out. Um, but let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll, we'll give our offering. Father God, we love you, and we thank you so much, Lord. Um, God, I, I, I just I pray a special blessing over this offering. Uh, this is us saying that we are thankful and that we trust you. So God, I pray that you would bless every home represented here today. And God, as a church, we come into agreement with their word of faith. And uh, Lord, your promise was wherever two or three gather in your name, you are there and you will do whatever we ask. So God, we ask that you would do it according to your perfect will. Lord, we're praying for discipline and obedience, breakthrough, healing, abundance. We love you in Jesus name. Amen.